And I did get another podcast out the following day. Damien King. Kingy. Two-time world champion. Prone. I think he won a drop-knee world title as well. Um, there was no bigger influence in my life as a bodyboarder. Um, he was the guy I looked up to from down the coast in Foster up to Port Macquarie. So really good time to chat with Kingy after so many years. Uh, if you follow his Instagram, you'll see that his sense of humor is still intact. Uh, he's still a great bloke and he still rips and he's ripping on a surfboard as well as a bodyboard now, but a couple of cool insights there, a few things from behind the scenes that, uh, maybe many people didn't know about his career. So, uh, I think you're going to enjoy this podcast quite a lot. Here is Damien King. Uh, this will probably cut out and fuck up, but, um, that's your life story. <laughs> so I'm here obviously with Damien King who... hey, Let me do one too What do you want to do? We'll do a little like Oh you want to do a little video we'll, as well We'll, we'll do a little intro yeah. I'll take you global You want to do an intro of my intro? I'll take you global <laughs> Do I use my Have you pressed record yet? Not yet What do you want to do? Oh, we'll make it up as we go along I... <laughs> Look folks we're just about to do a, an all exclusive interview with mm. Daniel Kirkman or Josh, one of them. Can't tell something. anymore. He wants to see what the typical real estate agent's up to mm. in this day and age. We've got the camera all set up. Yep. And legit. I thought, what better way to show him than showing him what we have for lunch every day? <laughs> so you, you actually, I patted you on the back before. You, you've still got a bit of definition there. I don't know how you do it. I'm hot. There you go. You heard Good it here first. There you go. From the horse's mouth. Right. All right, we're on. I'm here with Damien King because he just tried to hijack my podcast and that's kind of what he does. He likes to take over. <laughs> Centre of attention. That's am I, cool. Am I in a mirror? <laughs> Thanks for meeting me, Kingy. It's been a while. All good. Yeah. Um, you just got back from a trip to Indo. Yeah, we went on a 10-day trip to pretty much G-Land. Yeah. Got some sick waves. Sweet. And um, just having a donut here. Yeah, I'm having my tacos. Yeah, it was good. Good fun. Got got pretty big. Yeah. Pretty hairy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, got some good barrels. Saw that. Saw that. You were on the surfboard mostly. I was just asking you before, like, whether you got out there much on the bodyboard. Um, I did a couple of days. I probably should have rode it on my first day when it was big, but. Ah. Uh-huh. I didn't realise it was probably as big as what it was, and mm. I was kind of like, oh, I wanted to see if I could surf it on the surfboard too, but... Could ya? Mate, the photos <laughs> tell the story. <laughs> Luckily, they're not long sequences, they can't <laughs> um, But yeah, so, it was alright, worked out good. Mm. Um, yeah, there was a bit of a local crew, local legends. Was it, who was with you? Conroy? Who else Conroy. I see? Taz, McHugh. Yeah, shit. Cool. All the way. The mm-hmm. old rejected wet <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Nugget dropped in. Nugget dropped in. Yep. He was there. Getting some, he got some good ones, actually. Mm-hmm. And um, Joe Groff, he was there. Mm. Um, and Michael Gorton, another bloke that we mm. grew up with. Everyone on surfboards now? No. No, we're all mixing it up. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, Conroy had he body ward, he served. Yeah, like everyone's mixing it up. Yeah, everyone did. Has this um? I was talking to a buddy on my way here when I was driving him. He comes here a bit for work every now and then. And he said that he seemed to think that there weren't as many bodyboarders here anymore. Like in the lineup, it seemed to be thinning out a bit from like the the glory days. What do you think? Like, is yeah, that because maybe. you changed? <laughs> you know, like, is that part of it? Like, or, do, or how do people react when you started riding a surfboard? Um, I still kind of do both. Like, mm. I don't, I don't, I don't do just ride surfboards. I still bodyboard. Got, mm. got two newies. So, um, mm. just the other day, Todd Quigley, which is good. Um, but yeah, no, it's all right. You know, you can't please anyone. You mm. ride a bodyboard and everyone whinges, and then you ride a surfboard and everyone whinges. So, mm. just do what you want to do. But have people been, like, bodyboarders in particular, because that's mostly the crowd who are listening to this, like, have bodyboarders been put off a little bit when you are out there on a stick originally? Like, were they like, oh my God, what's going on here? Um, some were. Yeah? Some weren't. Some thought it was good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Probably a little bit, maybe with some of them, and probably not with some of them. It's kind of good, because, like, if you can go okay at it, it's kind of shuts all the surfers up, who, like, Mm. Always kind of said, you only do it because you can't ride a surfboard and all this kind of stuff. Mm. Pretty much doesn't take long and you're better than most of them anyway. Mm. <laughs> so like, Did you find that your tube riding skills were actually like way more advanced than most stand-up surfers? Well, that was probably what I picked up quickest. So yeah. I just could kind of like, I pretty much could tube ride straight away. Mm. So as soon as I got on, I still can't do that good of turns and stuff, but... Yeah, it's hard work. I can pretty much like, I can, yeah, take off on... Half decent ways, and hmm. I've had Get some shacked. pretty crazy barrels on them. Mm. So, and that's the thing that most surfers kind of struggle with. Exactly, huh? Which is kind of I don't know, but so the, like to me, it's the easiest bit about the whole thing. And obviously, yeah. for you, what um, were you stronger on your backside to begin with in tube riding? Did you notice that, or were you okay either way? Probably stronger front side. Uh huh. Yeah, and then because I found it hard to put my back foot. Uh huh. It was always going in the drop knee, the back foot. Yeah, right. And then once I tweaked that, then I'm probably, I don't know, probably either either. Mm. It doesn't really worry me, mm. right side or back side. Yeah. Now, the Indo stuff that just came, you just shared the other day was pretty, you know, backhand stuff and it was sweet. Yeah. It was pretty legit. When you, um, when you... Thanks, mate. <laughs> that was actually a compliment. <laughs> It looked pretty legit. <laughs> nah. <laughs> it took a while. <laughs> um What um what was why what was the first reason for get, grabbing a surfboard? Like how did that happen? Like what was the context? Um I don't know. I don't know, I just um were you still on the tour? A little bit, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Mm. Yep. I was just mucking around. Like you see, I guess I, I, I started doing it just in small, crappy ways. Mm. And everyone can whinge and carry on, and you know, say, oh, you know, but I surf more than anyone I know, mm. and especially more than any of the bodyboarders who kind of don't go out when it's crap. Mm. So, you know, that's because I'm having fun. Yeah. So. Was it like a new challenge for you though? Was that part of it? Like, did you get a bit bored on like with bodyboarding? Like, I can understand if you were kind of burnt out and over it by 
However, um, yeah, when you it was just like left the tour and all that kind of stuff. I train, you train pretty hard for bodyboarding in all mm. kinds of waves, mm. and you kind of, I don't know, surfing was kind of like I didn't have to um, train as hard for it. Mm. Really, it was kind of more just having fun on it, mm. and um, it's probably more lazy. <laughs> so like surfing, oh, way more lazy. So you can kind of like, you know, with bodyboarding, you're always having to like. Even just surfing small waves and trying to get speed and all that True. kind of stuff, it's like mm. it takes a lot of energy and can drew you back. Totally. With surfing, you just gotta paddle and stand up and go across a wave. It is a lot. It is a lot easier, isn't it? It's easier in terms of like on your body, I reckon. Yeah. Unless you're bung your knee or anything like that. Yeah. And then and then I just started trying to like. I just went through, start going through the learning curve that I used to go through on a bodyboard. Mm. Um, what I used to practice forward spinners and do this mm. and that with my head or my shoulders mm. or my legs or whatever. Yep. Started going through all that with my surfing. Yeah. So, you know, get up and try and put my front foot back and my back foot right on the tail pad mm. and then bring it up and then mainly just working my feet around the board and where it should be, where it shouldn't be and where my shoulder should be and where my head Jesus should be. Christ. So I kind of went through all that again. <laughs> <laughs> Who, who could be fucked? <laughs> How are you done this? Is this really the level of analysis that you're doing on your surfing? Yeah, for sure. That's you heavy. have to. Otherwise, you can't. Or you surf. just go fucking surfing and see what happens. Yeah, but you can't turn and you can't mm. get speed and you can't, like, if you got your feet mm. and all that in the wrong spot and your head's not in the right spot when you turn and you're doing mm. all that, then nothing comes together. Mm. So, if you want to get better, you've got to kind of work out why you're not getting better and trying True. better and, and that's what keeps you kind of going because you might see a really crap surf and you go oh that looks like but then you go well alright all I'm going to worry about today is just putting the back foot right on the back of the tail pad and yeah. trying to do this or that or you know same thing with bodyboarding you know you go out and you kind of go mm. I'm just going to try and get heaps of speed and pull some high lines and then mm. try and get my tail up above the lip in a reverse or whatever it is so it's kind of you're just working on getting better do you think um one of the things when I... Oh, look at him. Oh, time is money. Do you have to take that? You can take it if you want. Nah, that's right. Um, one of the things when I started riding surfboard, I noticed was that I couldn't stop thinking like I was on a bodyboard still. Yeah. Even when I'm paddling for a wave. Like, there's no change in how you're looking at the waves. Yeah. Is that something that you found when you first started? You were kind of like, found maybe yourself a little deeper than what you should have been or taken off a bit later than what you should have and things like that? Like, Oh, there's heaps of little things. So, mm -hmm. like, I... You know, you take when you take off on a bodyboard, you kind of have your weight on your belly, yeah. almost taken off. Mm. On a surfboard, you got to be front-footed on your chest, yeah. and your paddling arms have got to be like. So I try and bring my arms close to my body, yeah. and then stretch out like a swimming stroke, so yeah. I go quicker and faster. And then like put my chest down, whereas like at the start you wouldn't do that. You yeah. just kind of just paddle. Uh, but then when you're trying to get in heavy waves, mm. you end up just getting stuck in the lip. So you mm. kind of you see the good guys and they'll kind of get their chins right on their nose, get over the top of their mm. paddle, their strokes really close to their rail. Yeah. So it's faster and longer and just then just keeps going. Fuck no. <laughs> so I haven't been paying any attention. <laughs> yeah, mate, you don't serve those big ones and... Uh... Well, we're yet to settle these questions. We'll, we can arrange these questions to be settled. I mean, you went back to Chopu a couple of years ago and you... You know, you went there with a surfboard and a bodyboard, and you actually did have a bit of a go on the surfboard, didn't you? Or oh, you've done a couple of trips recently. Yeah, I've done a couple of trips. Yeah. How does it feel? Like, because that's a, I, I mean, that's a pretty special place for you. I'm mean, putting words in your own mouth. Like, it's been a place that you've had probably. Well, I mean, is it the place where you had your best victory, or is that is that the best victory for you, or um, in bodyboarding? Like, is that one of your special moments? Oh, they've all been pretty good in their own right. Okay. That, that was good. 
but like Maui was just as good. Pipe, uh, Pipe was good. Shark Island was Maui, good. Yeah. Okay, they're all good. Know, even, even he just wants to rattle off all these victories now. Yeah. That wasn't what I was um, asking. Goose Cosby, <laughs> the Goose Cosby. That was good. Um, PMBA, <laughs> like in 88. I got a Goose in 96. Yeah, you got a head. <laughs> <laughs> Spit it out. <laughs> <laughs> you don't a <laughs> um, but being out there on a surfboard, like how was that transition? Because, I mean, coming back to that question about thinking like a bodyboarder, mm. I mean, that wave is fucking dangerous and you're just now on a different craft you just gotta you just gotta put your head down and go yeah it's the same as on a bodyboard you know you just put your head down and just go and deal with it when yeah. it happens so mm. you know they're both kind of they're both dangerous like mm. but I, I i rode a bit of both yeah training but i guess you got to have a little bit more confidence in your you're getting up on a surfboard than probably just taking off on a bodyboard, but then if you just take off on a bodyboard and you don't know how to engage the rail, you <laughs> yeah. slide in the lip as well. So mm. it's kind of, it's about, I guess, practicing a bit on whatever you're riding, mm. getting half confident, yeah, and then kind of at the end of the day, it's always pushing yourself over the ledge and whether you want to go or not, mm. kind of and then mm. doing it. But still, yeah, intimidating, big time. Where does it go for you? Because, like, I mean, you're a pretty competitive dude. Um, have you have you considered how like I'm guessing you're competitive in your free surfing anyway, and you're obviously bloody analytical about what you're doing and why you're doing it and how you're doing it. But I mean, have you thought about how to take like have you got any surfing comps here or are you? No, I'm not really. I, I think you must be tempted though. I've gone in a couple. Yeah, yeah. I, I went. Got I had one. I've gone in a couple. I got fourth in one of them here. In the oh yeah? yeah, in the final. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's and, um, sick. But um, <clears throat> I um. I don't know. It's just I probably don't have enough. I'm not that good. Like I'm not that. I can't like do big tail slides and airs or anything like that. I just yeah. kind of can pull in and you know. Do have a you felt the bigger stuff though? Because I mean, there's none of that in bigger surf, like like larger waves, like paddling in. Yeah, well, that's why I kind of like. Like I don't. But, but I'm not going to go and surf like 15, 20 foot waves on a surf. Doesn't either. interest you? Nah. I'm t- that's kind of you got to be full time job to be doing that. Almost, yeah. Getting fit and all that kind of stuff, but. Yeah, no, I just, I don't know, I just, because I've got my hands full too here. Yeah, yeah. Got real estate going on and, you know, got the girls. And yeah. Plenty of stuff happening, so. Like, renovating. Renovating. But yeah, so it's kind of, yeah. it's it's not my whole life, hmm. but still love it. Yeah. With um, <clears throat> with bodyboarding, man, because I mean, we've probably annoyed half the listeners who yeah, hate talking yeah, about surfing, yeah, but... but no one will be listening to it now. <laughs> and I used to hate it more than anyone, to be honest. So you did, I, huh? Yeah, I used to hate it, but I mainly hated the attitude of bodyboarders who turn into surfers. And then ah, they, okay. And then they kind of thought they were too good for bodyboarding. Uh huh. Because that's what kind of used to happen when I was growing up. Yeah. When they'd ride a surfboard, then they'd kind of like go bodyboarding shit. Yeah. You know? And then they. Whereas I don't think that at all. I just do it because it gets... So you didn't think that at all as you transitioned into... No, nah, no way. Not nah. at all. I actually think that I mean, you've got to be twice as fit and mm. more committed bodyboard most of the time. Right? Mm. Because, I think we're like, winning I'm, back the listener now. Keep going. Yeah, good. I'm lying. No, <laughs> 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 nah, look at the Maury and that. Yeah, like, yeah. Who, who puts more commitment into training than him? And Fucking no Pierre one compared and, to him. No man. way. No, nah, and like Tamagir and everyone. <clears> like... That's kind of, mm. you know, I, but you, I used to see a lot of people do that where they'd kind of say, oh, I'm never going to bodyboard again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're just dickheads, really. But, so yeah. I, I still love bodyboard. Yeah. Like I still, 
Like I just got two boards off Todd Quigley and can't keep talking about those. They're for sale, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you get in before Christmas, you get yourself a fantastic discount. Um, Discounting and, already? That's a bad sign. Yeah, but you got to buy three. Okay. And you get three free. <laughs> <laughs> buy one, get five free. Um, <clears throat> nah, but like it was more the attitude kind of thing. Yeah. Like the more than anything. Mm. But for me, it's just I just do it because it's fun. Like I still don't. I haven't bought a surfing magazine yet ever. So I kind of like I don't really get in on the whole industry and all that stuff. I don't mind watching like a surfing comp or John John Florence or whatever. Yeah, I, I yeah. kind of have a. I think everybody's watching. Every bodyboarder yeah. is watching the but double I don't, cell. I don't like sit there and like. Looking guy. Oh jeez, costing me cashy. He <laughs> 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 might sell a few bodyboards out of this stuff. But nah, it's all good. But yeah, so I just, that was kind of what I hated more. It's just like mm. guys who were just like, you know, turn their nose up at their roots kind of thing. Mm. Yeah, totally. So I made a point of going out of G-Land on a bodyboard because they're all surfers out there and they all just spun right out. Yeah, and okay. Then I, and then I made a point of telling them all that I love bodyboarding and making sure that they just watch their face. <laughs> <laughs> and then I made a point of getting back on my surfboard and paddling deeper than them. Exactly. That's a good feeling. <laughs> That's yeah. a good feeling, right? Because they just, you're basically a surfer telling them that what they hate, you love, and they can't handle it. It's so interesting and, and that, it that attitude. Opens, opens their mind up probably a bit too. Well, there, there does seem to be a bit of a thing happening at the moment with, um, sorry, I'm just looking for some of the questions from the viewers that I sent through to you that you didn't read, but I'm going to try and bring a few of them in in a second. But you, um, where did I send that? Ah, oh, wrong. Does anyone listen to this anyway? Yeah. <laughs> I'm the voice of bodyboarding these days. Oh no. Yeah. That's why it's going down the gurgle. No, that's alright. It's having a renaissance. <laughs> Let me find these. Where did I send these? Ah, oh, they're screenshots, that's right. They're screenshots. Come but on. um so with the but with this whole um Yeah, cool. With <laughs> that first question's pretty funny. Um the like, so you started to ride a surfboard during when you were still... Because my history is really bad with bodyboarding because I left and I was one of those guys that fucking hated it and mm. didn't think about... Like, it was out for me for like five to six years. So I missed all of these things. I missed so all of the... So you were bitter and twisted. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the worst. The worst. And I was one of those surfers that hated bodyboarding. Really? Yeah, fucking hated it. Oh, yeah. It was a bad time. <laughs> I admit it. Like, I'm not proud of it, but... Yeah, see, I've never been yeah. like that. No, you haven't. Okay, cool. I didn't know that. No way. Not at all. Didn't you requalify for the IBA tour? Didn't you fall off tour and then you requalified, and then the tour basically fell apart? Is that what happened? Um, no, the tour was alright for a while after I oh, requalified. Okay. All right. And then I just ended up kind of coming around of a contract with Turbo, and then uh -huh. um, they were going to re-sign me, but it was just crap money, and yeah. I was kind of. A little bit over it by that stage, yeah. and I just wanted to stay at home. So then I just yeah. had a chat with the guys here yeah, and got right. into real estate. So basically, you're re like, how old were you when that happened? About 35. That's not a bad time to wrap it up, right? Oh, it's perfect. Yeah, it's perfect time. Did you feel like you'd done everything you'd wanted to do? Yeah, yeah, I was pretty done. I was all good. Like I just wanted to kind of, because you don't, you don't, you don't make a lot of money out of bodyboarding, obviously. So it's yeah. good. To, I just kind of wanted to. Where's get your it. microphone? What are you doing here? Oh no, it's yeah. probably not even working. No, it's working. Something's working, but let's just do that. Mate. Okay. 
You don't even amateurs. have an audio check there. Um, yeah, there's there's things happening, but you know, <laughs> as I said, you know, oh, it's, it's a nine. new setup. Shed nine. Get a yeti. Big fan of the podcast. Is he? <laughs> he wants you want to ride off <laughs> <laughs> on air. Hot mic. <laughs> what was it? Shake nine. Oh, right. I was talking to Eddie the other day. He's an Indo a lot, isn't he? Yeah, a bit. Yeah, that's yeah. classy. But there, so, so your transition away from bodyboarding was, so you were just kind of pretty happy to go, but it was a contractual thing that actually was the, the nail in the coffin. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Was that a bit annoying? Like, I mean, how did you feel about that change in the sport? Because it was, it's been a pretty dramatic change financially, it seems, from what I've noticed. I mean, yeah, you guys used to make a lot of money. You yeah, used to be to, paid. We used for, to make a bit, yeah. Okay. Sorry. He's a real estate agent now, so maybe a lot has changed. It's all relative. One tenth of no. <laughs> no, but it was like it was, it was a significant yeah, wage, yeah. right? Yeah, oh, it was all right. Like if you were, most guys would make probably about forty to sixty grand. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, and then uh, but then you're paying for your travel and all yeah, that yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. So you're not really making that much money. You're kind mm. of just paying your bills and paying for your travel, really. And if you make a bit out of the prize money, great. Like. If you, when I was going, you know, when I was world champion and that, I was probably making between 100 and 150. Yeah, that's what I thought so that, you were That was good, that was yeah. good. Like, but not many guys get that or yeah. were getting that. So I kind of like, I think there's a, a couple that get were getting really good money. There's probably mm. about five of us that were getting kind of that. Yeah. Close to. And then you've got a, probably a tier under that where everyone yeah. kind of sits on maybe 50 grand if they're lucky. If they're lucky. Yeah. So, and that was even then. So, yeah. you know wasn't, you know, it wasn't ever that awesome. But if you were in that top five, you'd, you could make cash. Yeah, yeah. Right. But I don't think there's any of that going on now. I think it's hard to even get the 50s. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think so from my listenings and understanding of it. Mm. But it's, um, what do you think about that? Like, what, why hasn't bodyboarding been able to sustain that, in your opinion? Um, you lived through it and you're on the other side of it. Yeah, I don't know. Probably um, it's had a big thumb on its head from surfing. Yeah, the whole yeah, like the surfing industry has never wanted to help it. It's always wanted to crawl it. So yeah. that's never, that's probably been the biggest thing. Mm. Um, they haven't really wanted to ever see it grow, mm. or done anything to make it happen. Yeah, if they actually like went, oh, you know what? Let's make this sport grow, then it would have completely changed everything. Yeah, but they probably did everything they could to not let that happen. Mm. Um, and yeah, probably needed to be something implemented with the low-end bodyboard sales feeding the top end okay i reckon that was kind of like something that probably should happen so like where you, or your the cost, brands missed that opportunity maybe oh they just almost should have been a tax or a tariff or something put on oh, yeah. people who supply like costco and big w and all those places don't strike me as the type that would want to bring a tax into this world that you should <laughs> because that's where the money is for, yeah. for like that's where the bulk you know, volume is the vol- yeah. volumes on at Bondi Beach. Yeah. You know, where kids go and buy bodyboards, so you need to kind of grab sure a bit of some of that. Grab a bit of that to like feed the top end. Mm. So, whoever's making those boards should be putting something into the sport. Mm. There's probably not a lot in the high end. Nah, it doesn't by the time, seem like. By the time it. they pay their riders and you know all the rest yeah. of them, I don't think those guys are driving the 50 foot Rivieras and the Greek Islands. It's but nah. I think there's. Anyone who's making money out of bodyboarding should be kind of, should have been, or still is, mm. putting something into kind of a, a top end. And that, yeah. that, then that falls into your kind of your professional guys and your tour yeah. and all that kind of stuff. 
What about bodyboarders though? Like, do you feel like because you, when you won your world titles, and that's what I was there. You know, I got to witness that and be a part of it, and it was sick. Um, you were really, you had the ability to really leverage that opportunity. You didn't like, you didn't just come back to port and hang out with your mates and think, "Yay, I'm a world champion." You actually were pretty strategic about what you did next. Yeah, but I kind of like made that happen myself that's what I mean too. like is that part of what this problem is like with our bodyboarders as willing as like they're not as willing as you nah so I, I, had yeah. to put, I had to put money in my own pocket to do a lot of that stuff like yeah. I was on Rove and Honest Mags and all that kind of stuff yeah I paid for all that myself right and I wasn't getting that much money to afford to pay for all that yeah, like yeah. I was like maybe on a hundred grand contract but it wasn't like you know but I kind of did that because I thought I was in a good position to make those guys basically put us on those TV shows and put us in those magazines. Exactly. So, because I had the, the title there, so. Um, but but is that's what, is that what I'm getting at? Is, is that that kind of attitude and the willingness to do what you did? You know, you got you got your budget of 100 grand and, you know, maybe you spent 20 on that self-promotion based off your world title, which then took the sport into a mainstream yeah. moment. Yeah. You know, like that actually does make a difference. Yeah. You're investing in the sport. Yeah. Like, do we do bodyboarders not get this? Like, are enough people doing the activities necessary, or do you remember? Oh, I don't, no, I just don't think there's. Well, I used to do it even locally, so you, anybody would could probably do it locally with their paper and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you have to be a world champion probably to get the main yeah, stream stuff. Sure. So it's kind of up to the world champions to do that stuff, I reckon. Okay. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's hard enough even for a world champion to get their foot in the door with yeah. mainstream media, let alone anyone else. Mm. So. But I, I don't know, it's just hard because they still don't want to know you. You've got to sell yourself and you've got to sell the sport. And mm. It's almost like, you know, it's another form of selling, really. But then they, you get your foot in the door and people start talking about it. But it needs to happen for like years and years and years. And the only thing that way you'll get a return on that is if you get kind of an out of industry sponsor. Mm. So, like, you know, I didn't actually get any return from that. I don't think my sponsors really cared that much about that and yeah. said oh I'm going to give you another 20 grand or 30 grand or whatever it was I just did it to hopefully bring some mainstream attention and then, then they, they might have like sponsored a tour or something mm-hmm. like that yeah. but I don't know people are, it's kind of a selfless act you do when you spend money but not many people kind of do that stuff no no I didn't know you funded all that yourself that's pretty impressive and you don't it didn't come back to you in your own return on investment no, no way. No, no way. There was no other sponsors that came on no. board. There was no opportunities that were like, yay. No, no. I, like you take that to your sponsors the next year, but they don't really care. They're just looking at ways to not pay you as much. <laughs> Pretty much. That soundbite is, sound is exactly why I'm here. <laughs> They're looking for ways to not pay you as much. Oh, yeah. Is that the story of all bodyboarders? Pretty much. They're just looking for excuses to not give you the amount of money. They probably, either they just can't afford, which... Sometimes I question that or, um, yeah, just kind of, because they don't want to spend money if they don't have to. But yeah. <coughs> they don't understand that if they don't spend money, then the sport starts to slowly rot, marketing-wise. So It's good to have Damien King on the podcast. Boom. Um, with that in mind, you know, like you started Rejected with a bunch of people, Toby... Who else was in Rejected in the beginning? Um, Yuzi, Toby, yeah. me. Yeah. My brother. Yeah. So, like, 
you took your initiative again <coughs> to try and yep. make something happen. I mean, did it work out for you? Was it? How was that experience? I mean, it oh, lasted a few years. Yeah, look, it was going. It was going all right. It was probably a good like mum and dad business kind of thing. Mm. Um, but the people who we had involved, which was an investor, really, really cool guy. But he was just looking at turning into a multi-million-dollar company. And right. Thought it was going to be the next billabong. So he funded a lot of the stuff. Or yeah. You know, guaranteed the loans uh-huh. for the overdrafts for stock and all that kind of stuff. So mm. um, for him, it was still it was it wasn't worth his time to have a cottage business, and that's kind of what rejected was. And there was a, probably a lot of mismanagement from my brother, and he kind of like just did some stupid things, really. And that kind of we kind of grew, and then we shrunk just a fraction, mm. not much, probably through some silly decisions. And then um, that was enough for the investor to kind of go, oh well. We're not growing at the rate that I want to grow at, and we actually just shrunk last year slightly. Mm. So yeah, and then once he said, "See, so, yeah, we were kind of like we would have lost the season in sales, and mm. it was just like so it was just like that. Basically, just went into the too hard basket. Heavy. Did it affect your <coughs> brothers and your relationship, or is that? Um, oh, it did when he just wasn't listening. Yeah. Um, like because I was kind of over it because he wasn't really looking after bodyboarding too much he was more like okay. trying to get in all these other sports and you know which I back which I thought was a good idea but you just needed a bit more strategy behind it and the mm. way he was kind of going about it so I was like you know you're burning the bodyboarders in one hand and trying to get into these other sports with a bit of a stupid marketing campaign like you're just killing us on every front mm. so I, I didn't want to be a part of it kind of thing but the, the investor in that wanted me to still be involved so I kind of Went, went with the sinking ship <laughs> and then and then they end up pulling the plug on it was it was the investor expecting too much though was it because yeah, you know he, investors he, can have demands that yeah, it's well, he ridiculous wanted, he wanted you know? to turn into like a 15 million dollar company in three years and, in three years yeah and it went for, it went pretty good it went from like 40 grand to about over a million turnover in how long in like three years so like, yeah i mean that's amazing yeah. and then it kind of came back to about i think nine hundred thousand in one of the years so it went from 1.1 to maybe 900 and then he kind of went ah not quick enough so but he's like this guy's the guy who floated globe shoes and like, yeah he's, one sure. of, he, he's the chairman of rothschild's banks which sure. is the biggest banking in sure. the world so he's kind of like a million bucks is a sunday afternoon at the country club yeah so he kind of yeah. Good effort though. Do you feel were you happy yeah, with the effort? Like, yeah. yeah, no, it was a solid effort. Yeah, it was a solid effort, but just um, and, and and people and we got a lot out of it, and it was good times, and mm. you know, it's pretty fun. It was fun marketing, so I remember some of the yeah, well, it was we edgy. Had, yeah, yeah, it was just we, we, had, we had fun with it, and it was good quality stuff. Like yeah. all the gear was like I've still got some gear now. It's still like holding Sick. up. And, Sick. On eBay like, or yeah, um, we're going to start up a little shop after this. <laughs> Buy one, get one free. Let's find some uh, audience questions, and there's a few others I want to come back to. Come <laughs> so on, mate, there's no audience. No, there is. <laughs> but one of them's funny. Like, why did you betray us? This is the oh, surfing oh, thing. Yeah. <laughs> because I don't like you. Yeah. <laughs> but we've already been there. We've kind of clarified that. Um, well, this is nice. Rick Rib said, "What motivated Kingy to retire?" By the way, you are my inspiration in bodyboard since I started. That's nice. You've mm. already kind of explained your retirement, though. I mean, was it hard, though? Okay, let's stay on that for a second. Was it hard to be retired? Like, um, you were ready, but, like, a lot of people... No, I was ready. But what about, like, the relevance deprivation, you know? Like, when you're a professional athlete, 
people ask you how you like they always ask you about oh how's the bodyboarding going like I'm sure in Port Macquarie yeah. like guys will be like oh, how's the tour man and you're like yeah I haven't been on it in four years yeah, I'm a real estate oh, agent you fucking idiot you know yeah. like how, how no, they was that hard or not easy not really everyone kind of knew I was in real estate I've been in real estate but what about not being in bodyboarding anymore like did they get that um probably they probably don't get that you're still in bodyboarding when you're 35, 40 years old. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably like, hey, mate, you probably should get a proper <laughs> job now. Up. Wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it was kind of, yeah, I don't think anyone was surprised that I retired. Mm. You know, it's, you know if you, especially if you won a couple of world titles or whatever. Yeah. And they're kind of like, you know, it gets to a certain point where you feel like you're milking it a little bit. Okay. Probably. So I kind of was like... I'd seen the world, I'd done what I wanted to do. I was looking forward, like I'm looking forward to getting into real estate. Like it's been, that's been in itself just a, another little chapter, which has been pretty cool. That's funny, you were looking forward to getting into real estate because I thought there was a trend forming in bodyboarding where like ex pro bodyboarders just became real estate agents. That was like the, the, the there's trajectory. Only been, there's only been two of us, really. Well, who's that? You and Joe? Yeah. Wasn't Lester a real estate agent? For oh, yeah, but Lester, that was after I was for a while. And yeah, I, okay. I kind of talked him into it. Oh, did you? Yeah, but kind of didn't. Lester. Pro- yep, probably didn't, I don't know, didn't seem to, I don't think he was with the right agency. Okay. Whereas my boss has been heaps cool with me, he lets me go surfing whenever I want to. Yeah. I can do whatever I want to do, like, don't go to work, go to work, whatever. Sweet. And that's kind of, that's why that job's worked with me. Yeah. Because it, look, I've got the, anything I can do, whatever I want to do, but yet I'm kind of good at what I do as well, so. Well, it obviously helped as well because you kind of, you know, everybody knows you here. Yeah, that kind of works against you, though. Oh, really? Yeah, big time. Why? Because everyone brands you with something. Uh-huh. So it's like, not that I'm Coca-Cola or anything, but like it's like having Coca-Cola. Oh, not far off it. <laughs> but it's like having a Coca-Cola, you know, mattress. Right. People go, no, Coca-Cola's a drink. Uh-huh. Or, you know, McDonald's is a hamburger, and then it's like saying, oh, McDonald's now sells kitchen sinks. Mm-hmm. It's like... And so I'd, you maybe weren't taken seriously as a real estate agent? No, nah, well, I was just Port Macquarie, the Port Macquarie bodyboarder. So uh-huh. I'd, been, I'd been like, you know, the Port Macquarie bodyboarder for forever. I'd mm. have like the back page of the paper about 50 times and the front page about 20 times. Yeah. And so kind of everyone knew me as that. So then when I got into real estate, everyone's probably gone, oh yeah, that's great, well, good on him. <laughs> but I'm not going to sell my house through him because he's... He's a bodyboarder. He doesn't know how to sell real estate. He's a bodyboarder. So... How'd you break that? Because obviously you've proven that you're able yeah. to sell real estate. How did you get through that? Um, you've got to pick people who don't know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> Pretty much. That's heavy. And you got to sell their properties. And then after a while, enough sold signs go up. And then the people who don't think you could sell real estate start to go, oh, you must be able to sell real estate too. Uh-huh. So, but that can take a couple of years. And by that stage, you could be broken. So Yeah, it's a tough game, real I think, estate. I think 80% of real estate agents who start end up stopping so yeah, right. I actually reckon having a profile in Port Macquarie worked against me because I was so heavily branded and bodyboarder whereas people always go oh it's easy for you because everyone knows you yeah, That's they, what, that was my assumption for sure I was yeah. just like oh well he'll be fine yeah now everyone knew me but they knew me as a bodyboarder yeah, not right. as not as someone to sell their biggest asset in their life because if it's when every you, it's when every, you put it that way <laughs> it sounds yeah, oh, yeah. I if, you, if you own a house yeah it's your everything, biggest asset everything, in your life everything's your house yeah your mortgage your growth yeah, yeah, you know yeah you're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars of profit or not profit <laughs> yeah and you give it to some bloke because he's a bodyboarder with you know 
did have great hair. <laughs> um, this one too. <laughs> yeah, they just, they just, they're not willing to do it. Like I had heaps of people. Like yeah. even, even the bloke who did my narration for the Joker DVD, he sold through another agent because he just probably thought I was just a goofy body boy. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Even some of my good mates when I started sold through other people because they were like, oh, we don't really want to give him a house. Yeah, right. Do you un did you resent anyone for that, or did you get it? Yeah, nah, pretty much resented them. <laughs> okay, yeah, right. Because you need that's when you need the leg up too. Cause yeah, you're like, Fuck, I can do it. You know, you you yeah. know yourself, you can do a good job, but they doubt you. But I understand it. But yeah. in in the same breath, you kind of go, hey, why don't you should maybe give me a go? Actually, yeah. Just What's I mean, don't people give like? Um, can't you list your property with many real estate agents at no, once? No, not really. Oh, no. okay, you can't do that. Only one, yep. Only one, so yep. they're like... But the thing is, is our real estate agency at the time too was the number one real estate agency in Port Macquarie. So I kind of like thought, well, if I was with a crappy agency... Yeah, you'd understand. Then I kind of understand a little bit more, but I mm. thought what kind of annoyed me a bit was I'm still with a big agency that's, yeah. that sells the most property. And they, yeah, that should be enough to get you yeah. over the line, compensate yep. for what might And you get a little see. bit of tall poppy syndrome living in a... In a town like this too so, yeah you know there's other people who, even now who probably should be ringing me up when they sell their house but they don't because i reckon they kind of go on oh he's had a pretty good life we don't want to make it better <laughs> it's way. funny that about australian culture though isn't it yeah well that's just australia it is they want you to no one wants you to be going too good nah no, they don't. It's it's really like I've lived out of this country for a long time now, and I I forget about it sometimes. That I don't know what it's about. I don't I don't know if Sweden's any better about it, but like, yeah, well, no, it's, yeah, there's a bit of it there too, but not as much. But I just think it's like definitely something that's been eroded in me. Like, yeah, yeah I'm happy for people. With yeah, so and well. so am I. <laughs> like, I usually like, yeah, I'll, I'll like I reckon if someone's doing well, it's awesome. It's like, yeah, good on you. Yeah. But, a lot of people kind of mainly probably because they're not happy with their lives and they're yeah. kind of like I want his to be crap like mine maybe mm. but don't know yeah whatever let's go to a more present day uh, question what what are the specs of your bodyboards and surfboards that was from IRX oh yeah that's just a funny name but yeah what, what are you um, writing on the surfboard what's the volume or uh, what sizes so I'll start with my bodyboard my bodyboard yeah. is 41 and 3 quarters 41 and 3 quarters yep Mm -hmm. It's, I think, has an 8-inch wide nose, maybe. Okay. And a 21-inch wide point. Mm-hmm. Um, concave, mm. preferably bat tail. You love them, don't you? Yep. 50-50 um, rails. Mm-hmm. Um, surfboards, if I was in waves that are kind of four feet and hollow, five mm. feet and hollow, mm. it'd be a five, probably a 5-10, maybe a 5-11. It'd be... 29 litres. Yep. It'd be... Um, it'd be about 18 and 3 quarters wide. Yeah. And then if they were bigger waves, and then if it was a more like kind of softer waves, but mm. same size, I'd probably ride something with a square tail. Yeah. And then if it was bigger, I'd... Like when I was in Tah when I was in Tahiti and I was in um, G-Land, I was riding a 6.5. Mm. That was about 32 litres. With a pin tail, probably. With a pin tail, yeah. yep. But I was probably undergunned both the times when it got over about eight foot. So you're on a six five and it was over eight feet. And how tall are you? Uh, five ten, I think. Five ten. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I kind of need to be on a six eight. Yeah. But once I was up, it was alright. It was real bladey and good. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. But just getting in almost falling into a couple of ways. Like even in Germany, I was late on everything. But I was alright. I kind of got lucky. Sketchy. 
sketchy. We've already been through that one. Let's go past that. Yeah, there's a question here like about like, does it bother you that you never got to retire from bodyboarding the way you deserve to? There's a big assumption there that you deserved a better retirement, but I mean, you seem to be quite happy about that. Like when you, yeah, you kind of said like, yeah, was yeah. there any downside to it? Um, look, I don't reckon, yeah, I probably haven't been like the, the favorite in terms of the magazines and that. Like I don't reckon probably like it was always kind of Mitch Rollins and Ryan Hardy and over the playing. years over the years yeah, yeah. Like, there's been a lot of photo shoots that I had where I kind of was thinking I should have ran that I do remember this and there's probably and they probably should have but mm. you know there's probably a lot of people who say that but mm. I don't know I didn't really get too worked up with it you know some of the editors get a little bit like full of themselves sometimes which ones <laughs> you know who you are <laughs> But I don't know. But I, I, I did also have good support from a lot of them too. But yeah. like, yeah, I guess there wasn't really much, too much in when I retired. But that's all right. I was busy doing other stuff too. Uh, okay, so like enough, maybe that's what that question is about. Like you're talk, reviewing your career, talking about it. Yeah, yeah. Like I know they did heaps it locally when I yeah. retired. But like, but that's it. Like, you know. Well, what would you, like? I mean, let's let's attempt this quickly now. Then, like you know, in in your life after bodyboarding, like what do you look back on as your kind of font, your highest best memory of the sport? Like, what's the best moment for you if you um, think about it right uh, now? Probably my wins. What every single one of them is it like one singular no, moment. Was there one no, singular moment that rises above oh, the rest? Look, the one when I won when all the stuff happened to my mum that was pretty yeah. special yeah. but then the next one was special too because I won it in the last 30 seconds with mm. a perfect 10 mm. and even dropped me even like you know people joke about that but like that actually was pretty cool because I won that in the last um, in the last 10 seconds and I needed a 6.7 I got a 6.9 who was the poor guy that came second in that one I think Hub came second in the tour on that and on then, the drop knee tour yeah yeah, but they were kind of barricading for me not to win too, so it made that a little bit sweeter as well. So. Yeah, that, has that happened a lot for you though? Like, the um, people have wanted you to fail? I think that happens to everyone, probably, sometimes. But yeah, in drop me in particular, particularly they kind of did, because I wasn't a drop now. So they were kind of literally cheering when I'd fall off a wave <laughs> on the beach. That's a bit much. Yeah, the drop <laughs> I wouldn't yeah. cheer when you fell off. No, they were And then the, the other guy would get up. a good wave than the other guys. <laughs> but I, I had my own support, like yeah. Hardy and Mitch Rollins and all that were there. Yeah. But like, yeah, there was definitely like, we want him to lose. Um, but then it, the old one finger salute always... That'll do it. Feels pretty good after that one. But see, I've got a really clear memory once, and I tell this story a fair bit about um, the regional titles uh, back in, must have been like 1998, and I was a Grom, I think I was a Grom or a cadet, and um, you won it only drop thing. I swear you never proned the whole comp. Mm. You only rode drop knee and you actually won the whole thing and everyone thought you, like I thought you were tripping. I was like, what's he doing? You know, like, but it was when you could drop knee and prone in the competition. And, and you won it, and it was just, like, weird. Yeah. But you were a drop near, right? Like, I mean, you... I used to just do both. Exactly. So, exactly. And it's a bit like what I do now. Like, yeah. You know, even riding a surfboard. Yeah. I like, I still drop me. Like, I don't, actually, I don't drop me because I'm crap at it now. So. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I pretty much can't drop me. I tried to drop me a couple of times, and I was just... I probably could if I really tried for, like, a month. 
Yeah, I think he could. Yeah, yeah but I just... Back. I borrowed someone's board and then, like, I tried my old board and I just was like, I don't think I can get... I just couldn't get the speed that I can get on a stand-up. It's I'm, hard to go back after riding a surfboard, I reckon, too. A little bit. Like, I, the thing I love about drop moves is, like, like, releasing the tail and yeah. snapping. I can't do that on a surfboard. Nah. But I can't just, like, get up on drop me like I probably well I might have been able to do it back then but yeah. now I can just get up on like an 8 foot wave and just claw into a, yeah. a wave I, I don't like there's no chance I'd ever be able to do that on drop me right now have you thought about like trying to add some more finless boards and stuff in smaller waves so it's kind of similar to what drop me would do yeah because you probably really, maybe yeah. activate something you I don't know I just I've tried I tried to do the drop me snaps on a surfboard for a ages and it yeah. just wasn't happening so but just, is it the fins just sticking you in there yeah i think so yeah i reckon if someone probably looked at it and tweaked it and yeah but it's kind of different too you got to kind of get your you got to get like more up on the coping i think yeah the surfing maybe yeah I, don't know. I, I can't really do it so mm. but it's one thing that's just niggled at me that i've wanted to like learn and that you know and then it comes back to kind of keeping you in the water again yeah um on that because i kind of asked you your highest moment i guess that drop knee world title Seems like, because that's, yeah, that's an interesting moment to, to win that against that kind of resistance. Yeah. Um, what's your lowest moment? Um, probably when I was struggling with sponsorships. Yeah? Probably, yeah. Like, I remember I was in Chile and I needed to go good and I went, I bombed out and I was just so over it because I knew that, like, they were probably going to cut my sponsorships and stuff. So I was like, losing in competitions, travelling a long way and losing in competitions. Yeah, it's brutal. Yeah, so like, I, I had a couple of losses where I was just like, felt like jumping off a bridge. Because mm. I'd trained pretty hard before it, and then, you know. This was after you re-qualified to the tour? Probably, yeah. Mm. And just was it general, hard to go through that moment? I imagine that must have been hard for you to fall off tour and then have to re-qualify, because that was when the qualifying... Yeah, actually re-qualifying was one of my other highest moments. Yeah, too. I would have imagined Because I think that. I won the qualifying tour. I don't I know, it wasn't there. But yeah, yeah did you? Yeah, I don't think I'd just re-qualify, I think I won it. And right like, and I was against all these grommets that could do backflips and all that. And I remember I couldn't do backflips, so I just yeah. practiced backflips like every single way. For Did like, ya? Like, people thought I was inventing a new move. <laughs> I was so crap at them. And then I finally got them. fucking hopeless at them. Yeah, well, I just kept practicing and practicing and practicing. Yeah. And then um, I learned them, and there's no way I would have re-qualified if I didn't learn Without a flip, yeah. Because I was, I was doing them in good waves and getting through good heats because I was doing big clean. Really? Yeah. So like... 100%. I don't know. Maybe I could have still made it, but they were definitely the highest scores I was getting. So it's kind of like I reinvented myself a little bit. And I was about 33 or 34 at that uh, stage. I've been trying to figure them out since I went back yeah. on the tour. Amora Laverne up. gave me a good tip in Brazil. He what did he give you? He told me to turn my head over the other shoulder. So I used to like turn my, if I was going left, I'd turn my head on my right hand shoulder. Sorry, yeah. my left hand shoulder. Yeah. So if I was going left, I'd turn my Because you're going to keep turning around yeah. into the ARS. But you actually turn. On your right hand shoulder like that. Interesting. Yep, and it just Thanks Moz. He told me to do that and I did it and literally just went Pop. It was a game changer straight away. Really? Yep. Instantly. That's a nice little piece of content yeah. for the punters out there. Yeah, it was pretty good. And then like and then Interesting. I just Yeah. If he didn't I don't Wish know. Wish Moz would tell me this shit. Yeah. He goes, That's Oh you mate. he saw me and he goes, Oh you need to turn your head on the other shoulder. <laughs> exactly spoken like that. <laughs> it's not far like, off. And then, um, and I did it, and on the next wave, I was just like, wow, because you can just feel the loop, yeah. the way you land. And like, I was like, oh, that was actually a proper backflip. That's sick. So then Fuck, I just I'm come going in. back to Foster and turning me head the other way. Yeah, you'll be surprised. Yeah, cool. Just Thanks, straighten, straighten you up. 
Yeah, well, that's the problem. I, I tweak around. I think I was yeah. probably doing the weird shit you're doing. Yeah, well, you just end up like, half twisted yeah, around. Yeah, and you, your board would go weird. And but what's that all about? Because there's a few, like, I, it's just reminded me of something that, fuck, it's really bothered me. And I know it bothers other guys on the tour right now today in that there's this kind of need to learn backflips and all this bullshit. And, like, there's, there's not a lot of guys who are focused on, like, the judges don't give a shit about... Yeah, well, that, that, just, that just turn. comes down to the judging criteria. Yeah, I know, but it's always been this problem, hasn't it? Yeah, I reckon they need to get really brutal with style and force moves and all that kind of stuff. Like, if it's, like, really brutal with it, like, they just need to, like, mm. you know. that's That was kind of my feeling towards the end of my career, that, you know, if you just got air and you kind of did it weird, they still get nines, mm. but... I think they really need to kind of look at technically what we should be doing and draw a line in the sand. And if you're not doing it, then that's not the way to do it. Because um, I remember something really clear. I think it was a final in Sintra against a Brazilian dude or it was Manuel Centeno. You're in the final. And it was it couldn't have been more opposite the approach to the, the final. You were just like bottom, like carving reverses, like real face work, you know, like you're riding a surfboard on a bodyboard. And he was just flipping out of every bowl. Yeah. And it was just, it was, couldn't have been more different. And he won. Yeah. And I remember all of us Aussies were watching it were like, but that was sick. Like, you know, it was like, why isn't that winning? And it was just frustrating as hell. And it's something that still frustrates me with the tour. And like, but most people would say I'm frustrated with it because I can't do flips. Yeah. <clears throat> but it's not really about that. I just think there's like not a... Well, yeah, it's, it's kind not of, as beautiful as You kind of got pigeonholed into surf, surfing to a certain criteria because yeah, exactly. that's all that got points. So, exactly. You know, you wouldn't surf the way that I guess we grew up mm. what we watched, which was like Matt Percy and, and yeah, yeah, Tully yeah. Beaver and Nugget and all them guys, how they'd surf like power surfing out of the pocket. Yeah. And, you know, you could probably go up and do an invert out of the bowl, but mm. it's better, like for me, it was always better to come out and just jam a reverse out of the pocket exactly, out of the top yeah. of the pocket instead like, exactly. you're kind of like pivoting off that vertical section. yeah and it's but, really hard but from um, yeah and it's, <laughs> and, it's, and it's sick and it's sick yeah. but from a I guess from a spectacular wise it kind of looks sometimes better to get the air maybe I don't know yeah I don't get it I think it's probably an argument that you'll never win I, I struggle with it we're coming towards the 50 minute mark yep so that's good you happy with that yeah, no one will be listening by they now. They fucking anyway. are, I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm telling you. Here's a question I want to throw in there, but I don't know if you want to talk about it, so I'm not going to say it out loud. But um, this this one's from Wingers. Do you remember this moment? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'll talk about it. <laughs> okay, well, how about you tell this story? Because yeah. <laughs> right. I've told my story. You should have told this at the start. Because what? Then, then they would listen to it. That's <laughs> all right. I'll use this in the highlights, and then this will drag them in. Because this um, is part of your practical joking, right? Yeah, well, you we went on a tour and um, we're doing like motivational talks and whatever <laughs> through schools. And Josh, the host, he I was, wasn't the fucking host. No, the host of this show. Oh, okay, yeah, cool. Um, Damn he, right. He was, um, he was, um, he was going through a bit of a cool stage at that <laughs> point. Oh, God. <laughs> and he was sitting there and we're having a talk about it. He's going, yeah, man, I smoke weed, you know. <laughs> Yeah, this is all true too. Yeah, it is. He's got, it was. You were going, oh, I smoke weed, man. Yeah, of course I do. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I said, he goes, and you were saying, you actually said. What did I say? You said, 
I reckon that should be cool to go to one of these things, Dave. No way I would have you said 100% that. You 100%. Really? Said it. Yep, because that's when I went, right, I'm going to get this stone. <laughs> Light bulb. And I was like, and I, and I said, bullshit. And you go, yeah, this would be pretty cool, man, rocking up stone and talking to the kids. would be funny. Fuck, and that does anyway, sound like me, maybe. So I was like, righto. So then he, um, he came to my house and we had some weed in the cupboard. So I like... As you do. I made some butter. In port. I made some butter up and... Um, and they all had breakfast and I made these banana smoothies and put some mole butter, some weed butter in the, in the banana smoothie. They take about an hour to kick in. And then we had to meet the school, the principal, at like nine o'clock. So I gave it to him at say eight o'clock. Yeah. So then he, uh, he turned up and um, so we gave it to him. Lester knew about it. Lester did know. Yep. And I was like, know. oh. And, and we, so we were just waiting for it. We thought it'd be a bit of a laugh. And then... um. It got to about 50 minutes, 55 minutes, and Josh wasn't, um, he still was normal. And we were like, oh, I was like, oh, fuck, it didn't work. We should have given him more. And then, like, then we finally walked down to the stage, and we met the principal, and I went to shake the principal's house, hands. House, how's that for you, little slip, the real estate agent? <laughs> hands, and, um, and then Josh was the next one, and he went to shake his hand, and missed his hand. Yeah. And then the principal went to shake his hand again. He missed it again. <laughs> and then he started laughing and looking at us going, oh. And then, like, got it the third time just started cracking up laughing. And I was like, and I kind of shit myself. And I was like, oh, fuck. This could go actually really bad. I could be on the news the spike and bloody the motivational talker. So then um, Terry McKenna goes to us, um, all right, guys, get behind the stage. So then we all, like, um, we all got behind the stage and then, yeah, and then Josh is like get behind the stage <laughs> get behind the stage <laughs> and I've looked at Lester and just gone fuck I'm going we've got to get him through this because fuck he's fuck and he's going get behind the stage he's just cracking up laughing and all that I don't remember that bit yeah I don't remember I that do, bit because I remember shitting myself because I, like, oh, no, I was just singing I just thought of the headlines world champion spikes I thought about those headlines afterwards World Champion Spikes motivational speech to young, vulnerable kids. And I was like, fuck. Um, and then we sat down all together and then, like, Josh stopped laughing. And then all the kids are looking at us, 800 of them. And then um, I just seen his hands start to, like, roll around, like, grabbing your fingers and grabbing your Oh, was your I? Yeah, and I was looking uh -huh. at you and I was going, oh, fuck, he's getting nervous. And then, like, all I hear is, ah, oh, you can't <laughs> <laughs> I remember this bit. And I go, what? And he goes, whew. He goes, it was in the milkshake, wasn't it? And I was like, what was in the milkshake, man? And he's like, oh, okay. Right. And then I was like, don't worry, they're not looking at you. And there was like 800 kids looking at him straight in the eye. And then anyway, he fucking... You got through it somehow. I know, I know. I don't know how you got through it. But was I, I've, I have this memory as if I was really philosophical with every answer I had. Like, oh, I felt I like know. I went deeper by two levels I necessary. Just, I was just biting the finger, you know, I was oh, hoping fuck. you didn't fuck up. I was fuck like, oh no, get through this. My ass is on the line here. Yeah. And then, um, and then you just, we didn't make you come to the next one. You went back <laughs> to my place out. and you passed out. And we came home two hours later and you're fucking. Nude, nude. <laughs> nude in the lounge room and every cupboard and everything in the fridge was eaten. It's like fucking we'd been ransacked by a bunch of squirrels. By a nude 
guy from Foster Tunker. So uh, it was pretty funny. It was a good one. It was a good one. Uh, that was a question from Wingers. Thanks for the question, Wingers. Is that Wingers, Wingers? Yeah, it's Wingers, Wingers. Oh, we might have one person listening then. <laughs> yeah, he's listening. Is um, this live? No, it's a GoPro. Let's go live. Oh, you got the count. You got the gear for that. But um, I mean. I think we're getting good to, to a point to finish up. I mean, is there anything that you feel like we haven't really touched on? Like, Yeah. Um, what's that? Look, we've got six fresh new listings. Um, they're about <laughs> the market as of next week, and they do say it's the buyer's market. So, look, get your, check, your checkbook and your running shoes. Um, we'll be starting the first one out of the 24 hours of drive. Uh, it's going to be an awesome property. A uh, good way to get your foot in the market. Nah, I'm good. Um, have fun. But what about, like with your bodyboarding career and life and all that kind of stuff like at the end of the day how do you feel about it in a couple of sentences to wrap this up like there's a lot of people who do listen to this who looked up to you I'm one of those guys that looked up to you until you spiked my milkshake that day um, but you know like what's your, what's your message about like bodyboarding and because a lot of people complain about it like there's all these you know, it's... You know look, if you're doing bodyboarding to get rich stop um, if you're doing it just to have fun, which is kind of what anyone should be doing, whether they're riding surfboards or bodyboards or whatever, you know, I get into the whole, I used to hate the whole surfing bodyboarding thing, and look, I still do if they're dickheads, mm. um, but I don't really seem to have to deal with it too much, probably because I ride a surfboard a little bit now anyway, but um, just, just, you know, don't worry, I guess just do what you want to do, because you want to have fun doing it, like go surfing, go bodyboarding, do whatever keeps you in the water. There's plenty of things to whinge about. All the surfing industry is whinging too. Mm. You want to, like they're all saying none of them getting paid. Like Matt Banning, he's freaking world class. I think he's winning the qualifying tour. Yeah, he's right. He's up yep. there. I think he's winning it. Yeah. And he's um, like he doesn't even have a sponsor. I don't think. So like, yeah, tough times. Um, yeah, but surfing's not about money. It, never, it should never have been about money. It's yeah, it's good to get it, and like you know, if you get it, great. You won the lotto, but. It's about going surfing and riding waves and pushing yourself and getting scared and getting smashed and screaming when you come out of a barrel and, you know, getting in the water, staying fit. Like, I don't go to the gym, I go surfing and muck around and it's good. Like, for my girls, I actually wouldn't want them to be professional surfers or bodyboarders. I just want them to be able to come for surf and come in and have a shower and go and have a coffee and, you know, just get, get what the ocean's meant to give you. People get too hung up on all the other shit. If you want to make money, become a real estate agent. <laughs> and that is where we're going to end that. That was sick. Thanks, Kingy. Legend. I told you there'd be some interesting stuff in that podcast. Huge thanks to Kingy for taking the lunch break to um, catch up and uh, share some stories. Not just about him, but a couple about your podcast host there. Uh, consume drugs responsibly. I guess is the uh, message from that one. Um, and just be careful when you're around Damien King and just check your drinks first. Um, huge thanks to him for taking the time. I really enjoyed the podcast. Really cool to drive up to Port and Quarry as well. Been a while since I've been there. So really great to see Damien King. Get a bit from him for you, dear listener. And I hope you all enjoyed it a lot. Uh, the next podcast i reckon i'm going to get isabella souza out so takes a little bit of editing because it's going to be a portuguese and english podcast so for all of the portuguese listeners stay tuned for something pretty special coming right up